job of putting together a movie is really kind of monumental, particularly a large movie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 137, a podcast where we discuss movies, TV, pop culture stuff, while the world uh, literally burns around us if you're in Canada. I'm your host, uh, Carter Sims, and I'm joined, as my, uh, as always, by my uh, greedy, money-grubbing executive producer, Jackson McCurin. Hello, buddy boy. In the writer's strike. Yeah. <laughs> we want the money. Uh, how you yeah. doing, buddy? Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing really good. We're recording in the morning, yes. so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we got our morning voices. They're a little deeper today. I'm drinking a coffee. You know, we got all the good stuff going on. Um, Jackson, this is a little fun, different episode we're doing today. Do you want to explain to the people what we're doing briefly? Yeah. So a couple of weeks back, uh, I thought it would be fun if we played exec for a day and kind of pitched our own stuff, like what would we green light? What would we adapt? Um, and yeah, so we're going to be doing that. We're going to be talking about uh, true stories, IP spinoffs, um, book adaptations and all that jazz. So it'll be super fun. Not the movie, all that jazz. That's for a later episode. <laughs> we're both adapting a version of all that jazz. I love it. Uh, <laughs> sweet. Um, but before we get there, Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What have you been into this week, pal? I have been into a lot of different stuff. Uh, for starters, the bad stuff that I watched Uh-oh. was Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw Ooh. and F9. Oh, uh, both not very good kind yeah. of shit, actually. Uh, not huge <laughs> on them. Uh, then my uh, so-so movie uh, that I watched, which I thought I would hate a lot more, in honor of Superman Day, I checked out Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Oh, nice. Have you seen this movie? It's been a long time, but yes. I think the last time yeah. I watched this was probably in the car on the DVD player when I was in Fair. middle school, maybe. So, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. yeah, so, like, this movie is, like, kind of revered as, like, the one of the worst ones. Um, but the third one's definitely the worst after yeah. after watching all of the, the Reeve Superman movies now. <laughs> um, the yeah this movie is like just like so stupid at one point but everything else is kind of golden like the whole premise sort of is like oh this kid writes a letter to superman about how he's scared about nuclear war and so superman's like i have to do something about this and so he goes to the un and oh it's so cool there's a scene where he's like uh, I don't speak for anybody. They're like, all right, well, you have to be represented by a country. And then everyone raises their hand to like to be like, oh, yeah, he can speak for us. Like, that's really cool. And basically, he speaks to the UN and is like, we need to get rid of nukes. I will personally do it, but we need peace. And it's it's just this really cool moment. And then he collects all the nukes and like puts them in a bag kind of and just hurls them into the sun. And it's like, <laughs> man, that's Superman. And then for some reason, there's like... Lex Luthor made this nuclear man and he has the voice of Lex Luthor. He has Gene Hackman's voice, but like the body of like this super ripped dude. And it's just super weird. 
but like everything besides nuclear man i i really liked and it was just kind of peak superman superman um, ended the cold war confirmed yeah basically uh <laughs> and then uh my favorite by far uh this week was i checked out fleabag for the first time and we, we finished it immediately um have you seen this no, I have not seen actually a second of Fleabag. Ooh, I think you would love it, first of all. Um, I have to recommend this because it is so easily bingeable. It's on Amazon Prime. Amazing. It's two seasons of like British TV, so it's like six episodes each. So it's Efficient. 12 episodes total, and it's like 20-minute episodes. And I think this is the like easily like in my top five favorite TV shows of all time. Oh, wow. It is just so... So well written and so well acted, and the stuff it does with the fourth wall breakings feel like you're like watching theater and not like some weird edgy Ryan fourth Reynolds. wall thing. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell that like She Hulk watched this and was like, "Oh, we should make it kind of like this," and oh, then they, no. they couldn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this show is just amazing. Phoebe Waller Bridger, fantastic. Uh, she, I think she won like a ton of stuff for this show, as she should. Um, yeah. But yeah, th- this show is, is incredible. Season two is definitely the better season, but like the whole story is just fantastic. And Olivia Coleman is in it, and she plays oh. one of the most despicable characters I've seen in a while. And it's Olivia Coleman, so it made it so much harder for me to be like, oh, I hate you so much because <laughs> I made Abby watch her Oscar acceptance speech afterwards because she was oh. like, I hate her. Oh, come on now. And she was like, oh, she's actually really sweet. <laughs> yeah. She is uh, amazing. That's- Right, yeah, she's literally so terrible in this show. Uh, oh, perfect! Yeah. I, I love it. Um, you should definitely check it out. What about you? What have you been into? Um, well, I haven't been into a lot this week. Actually, it's been a busy, busy week for me. So I'm kind of behind on a bunch of stuff. Uh, like mm-hmm. I haven't seen Transformers yet. You know, I, I told the people <laughs> yeah. I would. I haven't yet. Apologies. Um, the only real new thing I checked out was uh this movie called Flaming Hot. Uh, oh no it's on uh <laughs> do you know what this is about it's yes the origin of the flaming hot cheeto and it's like do we need this guys does this yes. need to exist? um this premiered at I, I think like sundance maybe uh or south by southwest earlier in <laughs> sure the year. Um, <laughs> it's i don't know it's on disney plus i checked it out um it's really just i think my review uh, my review on a letterbox was like a movie about spice that's very bland i was proud of that um, <laughs> oh, that's good it was uh yeah it was just kind of i wasn't very thrilled at any moment it was pretty boring um and i guess if you wanted the story of how the flaming hot cheeto came to be go check it out um i don't think i'd really recommend it um but yeah tony shalhoub's there doing some things he's fun um but yeah uh skip that one i would say um the real thing i just wanted to mention jackson that i've kind of been into and fascinated by it given the writer uh-huh. strike and things did you see the announcement disney put out about a lot of its projects getting pushed back i noticed a lot of like marvel stuff got pushed back like a year or two yeah i mainly wanted to mention but so yeah like deadpool captain america all this stuff's mm-hmm. coming out in like may 2024 beyond secret wars is 2027 20, now fantastic force wow. 2025 so a lot of big stuff got pushed back the one i wanted to mention was they announced the avatar sequels <laughs> release dates <laughs> and i just want to tell you when the last three movies are supposed to come out jackson okay um avatar 3 december 2025 
Okay. Okay. Avatar four, December twenty twenty nine, and Avatar oh, wow. five, Jackson, will release December twenty thirty one. I will be thirty four years old when this movie releases. This movie will not release then. By the way, I don't. I don't think, think it's so? going to get made. I think I'm, James Cameron will be dead by then. Like just realistically, I'm, that's crazy. yeah. Realistically, I think the man is like sixty nine right now. So. I don't know, man. Crazy. <laughs> That's a little crazy that that happened. Um, I think like Zoe Saldana put something out on her Instagram story and was like, I was 27 when the first one came out. I will be 50 years <laughs> She's old. She's like, what have, I, what have I done to myself? <laughs> Scary. Maybe so, she can um, get a death in the next movie or something and get out of those. She, she, she's she pulling wants. a Harrison Ford. Kill me, please. Yeah. Kill me off in these movies. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they pushed back a lot of stuff. They announced like their Star Wars movies. Those aren't coming until 2026 now. So crazy times the writer strike is bringing around. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. I think um, we're seeing. Does the Secret Invasion come out like next week or something? I too, I actually was going to ask you about that because Olivia Coleman yeah. reminded me of it when you were talking about her. Oh um, yeah, because she's in that. <laughs> um, I think we'll maybe I don't know do a bonus episode on that. But are you looking forward to that at all? Or, or no, what? I I hear the reviews are like so so on it too. Like it doesn't ah. like it's getting like sixty five on Rotten Tomatoes, which again basically means nothing. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I I I think this is still from that batch of shows that they mass produced during COVID. Yeah, and it's like and they've realized that nobody likes this kind of format that they've been doing, but they've already committed and filmed it. So yep. I think we're just getting the last taste of that. But yeah, yeah, I don't think that's going to be super great. Yeah, this will be the last TV show I think we see for a, a while, at least in the Marvel camp. So yeah. remember well, when we saw WandaVision and we were like, this is amazing. We need more TV shows. And then they were like, all right, here you go. And there's a monkey <laughs> paw thing. And we were like, oh, this is all shit, actually. Yeah, and we now, messed here up. Here we are. <laughs> we messed up. We had it too good. We liked Loki. Um, but yeah, it was it was rough. Remember Moon Knight? Anyway, I hated Moon Knight so much. <laughs> anyway, we'll have some nice uh, break from all that, it seems, in the coming years and actually get some some other stuff. So, so yeah, that's all I got, really. I'm going to catch up on some stuff. We got a lot of stuff coming out this weekend that I got to check out. So we'll get to that in a bit. But Jackson, let's move on to our main segment. Did we decide what we're going to call this or not? Let's talk. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk. you want to talk about perfect (laughs) all right uh jackson would you like to explain uh what we as executive producers are doing today yeah so this week the boys are challenging ourselves to do what most execs can't which is to pitch unique and refreshing ideas that audiences would actually potentially be interested in. Mm. Um, we gave us some parameters. Uh, one being we have to adapt a true story. So this could be a previously made documentary into like a movie or TV show or just mm-hmm. something that hasn't been made at all that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is an IP spinoff. So this could be like like how uh, the Penguin show is happening soon with uh, over at Warner Brothers off of their like franchise stuff. Uh-huh. We have a book adaptation which I don't need to explain. 
Uh, we have a short film spinoff into like a movie or show, which happens quite a bit. Like we talked about District 9, that being a, a huge example of that being a spinoff from a short film. Uh-huh. And uh, then we also decided we have to pitch a wacky reality TV show. Maybe oh, it's not yeah. wacky. Mine is wacky. But uh, yeah, I cannot wait. Absolutely. It's going to be a blast, uh, you know, in lieu of the writer strike happening right now. Not a lot of ideas floating around right mm-hmm. down right there right now. And we're going to play good execs today. We are going to work with the writers, make this happen. And and yeah, I'm excited to do it. Um, where do we want to start, Jackson? Where would you like to start? Wherever you want. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think we should start. Can we start with like short film uh sure into a because i think that'll be the lesser known of the of the the group here sure um mm-hmm. so i think we should start with that um would you like to kick us off with uh the short film you selected yeah, for sure so i selected a short film that i have kind of become obsessed with and i show it to as many people as possible and i, I think i made carter watch it this week i don't know if i did watch it, it. Not, i but... watched it yes um, ooh, maybe didn't like it. Uh, I am doing a <laughs> spinoff of the short film called Bev. Mm. So Bev uh, was created by this guy, Alex uh, Mechanic and Sammy Birch. Mm-hmm. And it stars someone named Brendan Lee Mulligan. And if you are in the college humor sphere or like D&D or just like a general online nerd, you probably know who this guy is. Yeah, he runs like he like I said he he was like a a big figure on College Humor, and like runs all the Dimension Twenty like he's like a DM stuff guy, and he stars in the short film, and the premise of the short film is he is in Florida or somewhere, uh, for this like therapy retreat like group therapy retreat where he reveals that he is his mom sent him there, like suggested he goes because, uh, his father was a convicted serial killer and he has a lot of trauma about this. So it, like he kind of like it shows in these classes in the short film that, uh, you know, he can't be physical with women because he is so freaked out by the fact that his, his dad killed like all these young girls. Mm-hmm. And like, he, he like obviously like, <laughs> like was arrested, like while he was a kid, like in the house, whenever he was arrested and they thought it was for like malpractice and stuff. Cause he was an orthodontist and it was actually because he was like finding these young women and like killing them. And, and it was really bad. Yes. Um, and while this whole, while this film is taking place, it's like cut back with footage of this like beauty pageant which is like really interesting and humanizing. And it's revealed at the end of it, that those are the women that he killed. And it's dad killed. And it's kind of showing like, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of true crime stuff. It just like talks about them, like their objects, but this was like showing that they had, you know, personalities and, and other stuff too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like it follows, it follows Brendan Lee Mulligan as he like goes through this seminar and goes to this collector's house who's like buying like memorabilia that his dad owned because he's like a little freak who loves serial killer memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, like he talks, he just he goes, I'm gonna be frank with you. Like, I'll I'll buy these stuff, but just so you know, after they kill him on death row, his memorabilia is gonna be worth way more and you're gonna get so much money. And he's like he's like rambling on about how cool his his buddy like made so much money off and then just like pans in on his face and he's so broken (laughs) and so sad and he has so much trauma that he needs to work through and that's basically like the premise uh of of the short film did you did you like it carter 
I'm a little on the fence about it. Um, Ooh, interesting. I, okay. I I liked what it was trying to do. The like the mm-hmm. humor bits of it kind of weren't landing for me because they kind of play a lot okay. of it like it was like like humor, mm-hmm. um, like the typical college a little college humor vibes in there. Sure. Um, which was I, I I'll tell you what I really enjoyed the beauty pageant aspect of it. I thought that was mm-hmm. a really cool and like kind of scary, chilling way to like kind of personify yeah. uh, the victims of his dad being the serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I am interested. You said you're doing a spinoff of this or are you expanding so, the story of the so short yes. film? So yeah. So whenever I watched this, I was like, how is this not an HBO series? Like this should be like an mm. HBO limited series. So what I would be pitching is a six episode mini series based off of the short film. Nice. And so they would probably reshoot uh, this um, and, and like use this as kind of a jumping off point, but yeah, it'd be like six episodes. It would follow him in that group therapy and it would like follow him like doing other stuff. Like it'd probably be like three episodes in the group therapy and like going to like sell the stuff to the collector and stuff and then going home and kind of growing and, like we see his we don't see his mom but we hear his mom on the phone and it's like the most like midwest conversation you've ever heard um (laughs) that felt so relatable and so like i would definitely expand on like his relationship with his mom and and going back home but um specifically who i want to to run the show is this guy named jonathan crystal who is the co-creator and showrunner of baskets did you ever watch baskets is that the that's the Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. Show? Mm-hmm. No, I did not watch Baskets, but I kind of know the vibe of it and it's kind of you're right, it is kind of similar to this, isn't it? Yeah, Baskets is really cool. It's like this it's like a dark comedy. Like this I'm going for a dark comedy approach and Baskets is about Zach Galifianakis who is like this like Juilliard trained almost like European like equivalent of Juilliard. Uh in in like professional clowning and then he can't get any real job as like a professional clown or whatever so he becomes like just this like party clown in the united states and it's just a disaster and it, it's really fun actually like I, I recommend checking that show out but i i feel like it, it can totally capture the kind of existential dread and like f- like a little bits of like funny here and there um but yeah i think that's that's overall my pitch i would keep like most of the like maybe recast, but keep keep Bev obviously, mm-hmm. um, and then like maybe recast like the seminar guy, uh, the friend at the seminar who she like touches him on accident, he freaks out and like falls on the floor, and then like the collector and the mom, I think are all like really good characters that like would definitely need to show up in this. Amazing, I love it. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, you def- can watch Bev on Vimeo for free, so do that because it's really good. I did like the film. It, it was very like endearing that it was kind of all did feel home video-esque that Mm -hmm. they just like grabbed a a, a video recorder and just kind of filmed it so i kind of like that Mm -hmm. home video aspect of it so so yeah uh awesome great pitch it's greenlit congratulations because we're in charge (laughs) thank you (laughs) um what do you got for mine uh i picked uh, a short film uh that i rewatched this week called the letter room uh Mm -hmm. did you get a chance to watch this or not I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I could only find it on. It was on Plex. Um, and what is Plex? Plex is just another, just another weird streaming service, man. That uh, yeah. that I discovered. Um, Lauren actually 
has a Plex account. So it's how you get like, it's how you get like movies that are like just out of theaters. You could watch them there um, for basically free in some instances, but it's cool. Um, So I checked it out there. Uh, It was really annoying though, because it's a, it's a 30 minute short film. Um, but it had like, I had to deal with ads in between, which was annoying. Oh no. But, uh, but anyway, um, so the letter room, uh, was actually, this was nominated for the Academy Award for, uh, live action short film. Uh, I think a year ago, uh, I think it was either 2020 or 2021. Um, it stars our boy, Oscar Isaac. Um, and it's, uh. It's really weird. It's about this guy. Uh, he's this like he's a prison officer played by Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac, and he's pretty kind hearted guy. And he's like nice to all the inmates and things like that. He has a connection with all of them. And his dream role in the in the prison is he wants to get transferred to the letter room where you basically have to vet all the letters that come in uh, to mm-hmm. the prisoners from the outside. So he reads through all of the letters uh, that go to the prisoners and he reads one letter from uh, a woman who has this uh, romantic relationship with a guy who's on death row and mm-hmm. she is writing him back these pretty, these pretty romantic poetic uh, poems to him and Oscar Isaac's character is reading them and he starts to get involved uh, per se in this relationship um, and it gets really uh, twisted because he's got like this moral ethical compass because he feels that he has a connection with this woman who's writing to this uh, inmate and the inmates not writing her back. And it, it, it gets really it gets really funky. Uh, and then he like, I don't know if I want to spoil the short film, um, but I will. So he <laughs> goes, he ends up. uh going to the house of this woman because in one of the letters, one of the final letters she writes, uh, she writes about how if he, he's about to, you know, go to death row and get executed. She is explaining in the letter, like I'll carry out what we'd planned about. Uh, I got the pills. It'll be quick. So it's like, she's planning to commit suicide when he dies. So they can be together in the afterlife, you know? And so, Oscar Isaac is like, what do I do? Should I, what do I do if someone's life is in danger? How do I go about this? So he ends up going to her house and it turns out when he gets there, she is pregnant and also living with another man. (sighs) And so he asks her to like go out to coffee and is asking about it all. And she's asking like, is this even legal? And it turns out that, you know, she didn't even she wasn't going to kill herself. She was just writing to him. So he could have something to hold on to as he died. Um, So it gets really like emotional and like talks about the moral ethics of like, you know, how do we, how do we usher someone? What are, what are the lies we tell to somebody as they're, as you're breaking apart or or dying? Um, And there's this cool through line in it as well. There's another inmate that Oscar Isaac's character kind of connects with. Um, and he's like, can you find out if like my daughter wrote me back? I, I feel like they've been hiding letters from me for years. And Oscar Isaac at first is like, yeah, I'll look into it. And he realizes that his daughter hasn't been writing him over all these years. 
Um, and then the the film kind of wraps up with Oscar Isaac after he talks with this woman. He actually mm-hmm. starts writing letters from the daughter to this other inmate. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really funny how it ends because he gives the letter to the guy and the guy clearly knows that his daughter didn't write it. And he just ends with it. The The film ends. He's like this motherfucker. And then it kind of ends. So it's kind of funny also. That's while funny. Also having a nice heart to it. Um, and I really, I just really enjoyed it. It reminded me kind of of like green mile in in an, in mm-hmm. a respect, just like a kind of a feel good movie, but also like kind of makes you second guess, you know, some things and makes you think. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I would obviously keep Oscar Isaac and I would just expand this out. I think there's a a bigger story here because this is already 30 minutes. So I think this could be like an hour and a half film kind of down to earth feature film. Um, And I actually, I'm going to keep actually Elvira Lind is the writer and director of this um, Mm -hmm. and producer. So I kind of want like a Damien Chazelle type of thing where like, you know, with whiplash started out as a short film and he kind of just, ushered it on to become a, a hit. So I kind of want to do the same here. Um, I would highly recommend uh, the movie. Oscar Isaac is great. It, again, it's 30 minutes. Jackson, I can give you the Plex login if you want to check it out. <laughs> Sweet. Um, and, and, and yeah, it's uh, that's my little short film pitch. And I love it. I, it was cute. I enjoyed the movie a lot. Made me cry a little bit. No, it didn't. I'm brave. I'm strong. Um, <laughs> amazing. Those are our short films. I think they're great and they're greenlit. I love it. Um, where do you want to go next? You, you want to do like a true story? Let's do it. Let's get true up in here. Um, Let's get true. Do you want me to start this time? Yeah, sure. You go. So my true story um, is kind of a biopic, but also kind of just like the history of an institution type of deal. Mm. Um, and I kind of wanted to do something like this after watching a documentary that I think both of you, both you and I really like called, um, Saturday night. Um, yeah. Ooh. Okay. It's about like a week in the life of Saturday night live. Um, and unfortunately directed by James Franco that hasn't aged well, but, (laughs) um, so I kind of wanted to do a true story about like the beginning of Saturday night live. Um, okay. Like the origins in the seventies, kind of the beginning of SNL, how it came to be, how Lauren Michaels kind of gathered all of these sketch comedians together to Mm -hmm. kind of birth this, birth this thing. Um, all, and I want it to be kind of gritty also and and nasty, you know, all the, the drugs of the time. I don't want like Mm -hmm. a sugar coated Bohemian Rhapsody type deal here. Yeah. Um, I want the true story. Yeah, that movie was so sugar-coated. It was. And and man, what we could have got from that movie if Sasha Baron Cohen was attached. But I digress. Um, so yeah, I kind of just I kind of want that, and I kind of want to keep it like I think it would be really interesting since we've talked about Barry, um, that Mm -hmm. Bill Hader could direct this, um, this this movie or or totally. actually, it could be a movie, but now thinking about it, it might be better served as like a miniseries um, going through the like each uh, season could be like a decade or something, you know, something, something cool mm-hmm. like that. So you I have just, multiple seasons. It could be. It could be. And maybe you get a different director for each one. But I really think okay. that Bill Hader would be really cool 
in this respect because i mean all the drugs flying around in the 70s we kind of have seen what bill Hader can do with like dreamlike sequences mm-hmm. so i feel like he could direct a, a good acid trip or cocaine sequence in, in all of this um and just nice to have an snl guy attached directing the thing um i kind of had a few ideas about casting but i want to kind of okay. i kind of want to float it to you because i'm thinking early days of snl um for some reason, I want Evan Peters as Lorne Michaels. I don't know why, um, but okay. I just, just kind of do. Um, I can get on board with that. I want Bill Hader as Bill Murray. I think that would be really fun. Mm. Um, I think it would be really cheeky to have Joel McHale play Chevy Chase. Uh, totally. I think that would be perfect. Given the fun baggage of community and, and things like that. He actually played him in another Netflix movie. Um which was interesting. So I think that would be fun. Uh, Jonah Hill is John Belushi. I think would be That's really, really fun. fun. And then I think Will Forte is, as Dan Aykroyd or something. Um, oh, perfect. So just some fun stuff. And I like Jesse Buckley a lot. So I kind of want her to be Gilda Radner too. I just think she'd do well with cool. that. Cool. I like um, Jesse Buckley a lot too. Yeah. So I just really want like a, at some, I, I gobbled up that Saturday night documentary and I love that content of just behind the scenes sketch making the whirlwind that the show is in a week and and yeah i just want something like that so i think that would be good and i think bill Hader would be perfectly suited to to get this going and i'm on the phone with him now so it's great um that's my little pitch for a true story biopic limited series if you will uh i love it yeah what about you buddy yeah so for me this was a hard one because there was one i really want i really wanted to do um a Bob Dylan biopic, and it turns out it's already happening. And Chalamet it's starring like Chalamet, and I, yeah. I don't know if like I like subconsciously knew that or like or what. Because I was like, oh, Chalamet would be good. And I looked it up, and I was like, wait, this is already happening. <laughs> Never mind. Um, oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, what documentaries do I really like? Mm-hmm. And it came down to two. And I decided to go with one that I've talked about on the podcast before. Uh-huh. So I think it would be kind of cool to do. A, an adaptation of the true story of Grizzly Man, which we have talked about. It's a it's a documentary. It's a Werner Herzog documentary, mm-hmm. um, and it and it follows this guy who is this failed actor who like really wanted to be special, and so he goes off into the woods mm-hmm. illegally uh onto these like bear sanctuaries and he films himself and he because he's so obsessed with stardom he sets up like all these cameras and handheld cameras and he gets so dangerously close (laughs) to these animals and he filmed and he films it as if like he thinks it'll be optioned off for like a movie or a show or anything like he like it's so like clearly like obsessive and neurotic in a way that like oh this feels like 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 unhealthily like unhealthy like as far as like his relationship between him and the animal and also like he, like he's so fame obsessed like this he's doing it for the wrong reasons kind of yeah at least like that's how i kind of took it and and like he like goes across schools and stuff and like teaches him about grizzly bears and stuff too but like it, it's a very specific type of person that i think could benefit from like a really interesting movie um kind of diving into like his psychology a little bit more than just like the awe of nature because it is it is like really beautiful because he does get insanely cool and almost magical footage of like animals 
Um, but spoiler alert, uh, in in the documentary, it is revealed that he is killed and eaten by this grizzly bear. Um, and they have like horrific, horrific footage and audio that they did not show the audience because it was like because he was filming while he died, which is so scary in its own own way. And you want um, all that in there in your adaptation? You want all the Um, I don't I don't think I would have I don't think I would show that. Maybe like you would hear it um uh, or something like ooh. that like as the credits roll oh <laughs> so um but yeah like i think i think it would be kind of interesting to have like a woody harrelson type ooh. or like okay. be, especially because in the documentary it focuses a lot on how he auditioned uh the guy who who uh, it was deemed Grizzly Man. He auditioned for, I think it was maybe Cheers or something like that. And it was the was role fun. that Woody Harrelson got. Oh, and that would so, be fun. and like throughout this documentary, he talks about like how he envies him and how he could have been him. And like it almost like maybe that informs like his weird like naturey approach now because like Woody Harrelson is such a like granola kind of guy. I don't know. I think that's really interesting. Maybe you get someone younger, but like someone with the energy of Woody Harrelson, and maybe he's attached in some way. Just because I thought that was like such a weird like celebrity yeah. to like to like show up in this documentary that like isn't really about it, but kind of has like a big part to do with it somehow. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, basically. Uh, it would be directed by Matt Ross, who did Captain Fantastic. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, I love Captain Fantastic. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it, like he could handle that source material in an interesting way as far as like the dangers of, of not respecting nature and also like the the uh, selfishness that it takes to like put yourself in the center of the wilderness and make it about you. And I th- I don't know I think that that would be kind of kind of cool but yeah it would it would follow like the found footage side of the documentary not like the Werner Herzog bits I don't nice. think like maybe if you wanted to like do some dramatic like after the facts to intercut with like as long I I don't want to hear Werner Herzog's voice I don't want it to feel too much like the documentary but sure I don't know but yeah like I would definitely follow like a lot of it like before like and like what led up to him kind of becoming a crazy person who who was very paranoid like in the documentary it shows that like there were people who would show up on the island to like look for him and like get him and he's like they want to kill me they want to like stop me from spreading my message they want to hurt the bears and it's like not really like he was just illegally on <laughs> on land and wasn't supposed to be there and i don't know it, it's very interesting this is like a, one of my favorite documentaries but i i think i don't know i think this would be an interesting movie because I, I don't know a lot of people who have seen the like my age at least who have seen this documentary but i think it's fantastic i I haven't seen it uh it looks like it's free on youtube uh to check Mm -hmm. out uh and tubi or pluto tv also redbox Mm -hmm. which is still a thing uh is it like a digital streamer now how does that work it looks like it's a digital streamer now that's what it seems like um that's cool. Will you keep Werner on as like a a co-producer or something sure he Uh, can he can produce it i'm he I'm sure he has like a ton of connections because because one of my biggest critiques about the documentary, which is why I find it so interesting, too, is that he the way he interacts with people who have like suffered this trauma of like their friend dying by like a vile like grizzly bear attack. He like inserts himself in the documentary in a very similar way that grizzly man uh, inserts himself into like the nature documentary. 
of like he's like bringing this footage that they've never heard or seen of him dying and being like here like i wouldn't recommend watching this but like if you but need you to go. here it is and then like he crosses the plane of like 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 usually in a documentary you don't hear the questions you don't hear like he's right. so heavily involved with the subjects uh-huh. that it is very like and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but it, it almost makes it more interesting to me that like it is like a documentarian, both two documentarians interacting with subjects in ways that are maybe unethical. Unethical. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I, I don't know. I think that that aspect is pretty pretty interesting. But but yeah, Amazing. Grizzly Man. Hell yeah, I love it. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, greenlit. Now, um, greenlit. now, what are we on to, Jackson? Uh, we can do the book adaptation, we can do the reality show, or we can do the IP spinoff. I think we should end with reality show because it's going to be goofy. I agree. Um, let's go to a let's go to a spinoff or a legacy sequel of IP. How about that? Okay, yeah, I can uh, I can start us off. Yeah, start us off, buddy boy. What you got? So, yeah, this is something that this is kind of a pitch I've really liked for a while. Okay. Um. It won't ever happen, I don't think, but I want to pitch it anyways. Well, it's about um, so to happen because we're green lighting it. So exactly, Boom. you're right. Yeah. This is what I'm calling the new champion of Shazam. Oh, here we go. And and what this would be is uh an animated like it's not a spin-off from like the movies of Shazam, because those are ass. Uh <laughs> or at least the second one is ass. Um, Dead in the water. But this is like a spin-off from the IP of the comics and kind of tweaked in a different way. Okay. Um it would I would have the showrunners be Owen Dennis, who did Infinity Train. I don't know if you've seen that show, but it is so fantastic. Nice. Um, and it would also be show ran by uh, Gennady Tarkovsky, which we actually talked about this week, coincidentally. Uh, Carter, I don't know if you were privy to, uh, if you were paying attention to it, but he did like Primal and Samurai Jack. Oh, cool. Which is like this really like hardened, like probably rate almost rated R type of animation style. That's like really bloody and, and interesting. Yeah. So I'd have like a mix of like infinity train, which is like find yourself like coming of age story with like a cutesy art style, but mixed with like this like very serious and heavy um, like art style that Tarkovsky does with like primal and stuff. So I, I kind of mix those two, like those two types of styles together. And so also uh, starring as, the new champion of Shazam, it would not follow Billy Batson. It would follow uh, Mary Marvel, uh, ah. who I would have played, voiced by uh, Rachel Sinote. Is that how you say her name? Oh, I, it's either that or Senate. I still don't really know. Rachel yeah. Senate or Sinot or Sinote. Yeah. She's, but, she was who I, I thought would be great in, like, as like a live action Mary Marvel. And so I'm just going to have her voice her too, because I think that's really fun. Amazing. But uh, some, of, some of the changes I would do is I would have Billy, instead of being her foster brother, I would have Billy be her foster dad. Ooh, nice. And it would, and he like was Shazam or Captain Marvel uh, during like the 19, like during like World War II. And so like sometimes we'd have flashbacks to him uh, like as a, as a 10 year old in war <laughs> and like seeing the horrors of man and like kind of having to cope with that. Amazing. And then him coming back uh, to, like almost retire as a hero, but also to become a foster dad as he was a foster kid too, and, and raise um, Mary. And, and then once she becomes of age, he decides it's time 
I'm going to pass down my powers to you and you will become the new champion of Shazam. So this would kind of take place in the 1970s. Nice. And it would be like this, like, like a fun, yeah, I think it's like a fun little backdrop of like, um, you know, peace and, and just like kind of a fun, it's a fun aesthetic to do uh, like a coming of age uh, story. But yeah, you would have these like horrific 1940s war flashbacks also kind of like in the sense of like how um, in adventure time, it's like very fun. And then like every now and then you'll get a flashback of like, wow, this is how this world became and it is awful. And <laughs> wow, like it's just kind of like, like weird like that. Um, but yeah, I would I would have uh, that kind of be like how the story works but i would introduce a ton of like different like villains i mean obviously i'd have like dr savannah because he's like kind of uh captain marvel villains uh that we saw and i'd have jim rash voice him that's the only person who i i casted besides uh sinote because i I love jim rash uh he's the dean from community uh i think he'd be a great dr savannah then i'd throw in black adam Mr. Mind, who was that worm that we saw but never got any payoff. He was a caterpillar man. <laughs> yeah, um, I would love to see him uh, in an animated style. Um, throwing the sins that we saw. Those is, are fun. Is Dwayne the Rock Johnson oh, returning oh, as your Black Adam? Fuck no. <laughs> Anybody else. Um, and then for flashbacks, I'd throw in this guy named Captain Nazi, who is like one Big of man. his like Nazi bad guys yeah exactly <laughs> um and then of course i'd include like billy batson i'd have talking tawny who i imagine for some reason being voiced by jason manzukis and basically he's just like a tiger that is like a personified man he wears a suit sometimes and like it's just like hanging around and palling around sure um and then i'd also include uh wonder woman so she can like go to hell and stuff with her and have fun uh the teen <laughs> titans which maybe she would be like a, f- a founding member of at some point Nice. Uh, then I throw in Zatanna and Doctor Fate as well. My girl Zatanna. So it, it'd be, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun, magicy superhero existentialism type stuff. Amazing. Sounds better than whatever we got in this last movie. <laughs> so I'm on board. Yeah, um, the new champion of Shazam. I love it. Very nice. Very nice. Um, for me, mine's kind of. Um, I don't want to say it's a cheat. But it is based on on something that is uh, IP, but kind of a different IP, um, Broadway musical IP. Jackson, um, I Ooh, am like adapting that. into a movie uh, this musical that came out in the seventies. It's called Company. Uh, are okay. you familiar with Company, Jackson? No, I bet Abby is. She probably um, is. <laughs> so, uh, Company, in a nutshell. Uh, is this musical that came out in 1970. Uh, it was kind of one of the first musicals to deal with like contemporary dating and marriage and divorce uh, in the 70s. And it's been rebooted and revamped uh, many times over since then. There's actually a production of it currently on Broadway um, that's gender swapped, uh, which is kind of cool. But basically what the musical is, um, it's told in like a series of vignettes. It's like a nonlinear plot. Um, and it follows this, this bachelor named Bobby and he's turning 35, uh, and his friends are throwing him a 35th birthday party. And it's kind of these stories about each of his friends that are kind of either in relationships or dating or married or getting divorced, kind of just the lifespan of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of explores all that. You'll know 
from this, uh, if you watched Marriage Story, big Marriage Story fan, Being Alive, the song Adam Driver sings at the end. Oh, that's um, a good song. That is from uh, this musical. It's kind of the big the big number at the end of the musical sung by uh, Bobby. Uh, and yeah, I just was kind of feeling uh, nostalgic because I just went to see Into the Woods. Uh, there was a production here in Chicago and Stephen Sondheim wrote the lyrics to Into the Woods. And this is a Stephen Sondheim musical as well. Um, so I was kind of feeling sentimental and I wanted something for my boy, Stevie Sondheim. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of just wanted to explore, uh, these, these people in their thirties, um, all of his friends and all of his couples that gathered to throw this surprise party for him. And, and yeah, it's, uh, it's just really lovely. Um, and there has not been like a movie adaptation, uh, of this movie and I think it's a musical and I think it's because it's just challenging to tell but if we give it the proper director and proper treatment I think we can do it and there have been bad musical adaptations as we know uh, Cats mm-hmm. being probably yes. the most uh, notable one or probably should have <laughs> stayed where it was but this one you know it's it's just humans and just telling a story and intimate about humans. And uh, I think we've explored a lot of deeper character studies nowadays. Um, and I think people are more open to that now and more experimental. Um, the only two, I have a director and a lead actor. Um, mm. uh, your mileage may vary on this, this, this person, but I want Lin-Manuel Miranda to direct it just because Ooh. of what he did with Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, Tick Tick Boom is really great. Yes, I, I do thought, love that movie. Thought that was a wonderful directorial debut for him. Um, say what you will about um him inserting rap songs into The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I don't want any of that in here. Keep that away. Um, but I think when it comes to true musical, like cornerstones like this, I think he would be pretty respectful to the material. As totally. Tick Boom. Um. So I think we'd be good hands there, kind of shepherding this along. I wish Sondheim were mm-hmm. still alive so he could kind of serve as an executive producer, but I know that he, Lin-Manuel, reveres him very greatly, so I'm sure it'll be in good hands there. And Jackson, this man does theater all the time uh, in between when he's being a blockbuster movie star, so I want him to sing in a movie. I'm getting Jake Gyllenhaal as our lead to- Ooh, interesting. Okay. To sing. He's been on Broadway- uh, he's been in Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, he's also been in a Sondheim musical, Sunday in the Park with George, uh, in the theater. So I'm ready for him to sing in a movie adaptation. Um, and I think it's it's fun. Kind of He's kind of always this bachelor floating around. So I think it'd be mm-hmm. a cool narrative for him to tell. And, uh, and yeah, I'm really excited for this. Uh, being Alive. Great song. It's so interesting. Whenever you were describing this, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of reminded me of the show Masters of None. Have you seen that show? Like the Aziz Ansari show? Uh, I haven't. Is that to- told in like oh, vi- really? vignettes also? Things like that? It, sometimes it is. Like it'll take an episode to just follow. Like there's one episode where it's just like people of New York and it'll follow like this random couple and then they get on a subway and then the camera pans to this next person and then we just follow them. And then we pan to another person and then we follow them. And there's these little short stories throughout that are really oh, cool. good. I totally recommend checking that episode out uh, at least. But there, there was even this one episode where uh, one of the uh, gay best friends uh, mm-hmm. 
she's been like the show the whole time. They just decide to do a whole episode around her oh, cool. on multiple different Thanksgivings as she grows up. And it's about like coming out to her family as gay and like bringing someone home for the first time. And it, mm. it was, it was really cool. Um, yeah, that's kind of what that reminded me of. So maybe you can get some of those writers over there. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get, I don't know. Can we get it? How is Aziz these days? Where do we stand? with? I don't them? know. I don't either. I, I don't know. Maybe it's safer not to have him, but just to get, uh, we'll look into it. Anybody else from that? Because I think they did a whole season three, like with him, like maybe just producing and helping behind the scenes. I don't think he was in the last season of it, but I could be wrong. Okay, I need cool. to really check that one out. Anyway, uh, yeah, that is uh, that is my pitch for company. Um, I like go that. check go check out the soundtrack. It's great. Um, wonderful. So we hop into book adaptation now, Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, it's my turn to start, I suppose. Yeah. Um. This was tough for me because uh, um, to my much to my chagrin and maybe people might be upset by me saying this. I don't read a lot nowadays. You know, I don't go out of my way. And a lot you. and a lot of the books I've read, you know, are already been adapted, you know, into movies and stuff. So mm-hmm. this one was challenging for me. I know you were you were challenged by this as well, because one of your favorite books just was yeah. announced that it's getting adapted that you've talked about. Yep. Um, <laughs> so. I dug into the depths um, and I'd forgotten that this was actually uh, a thing that happened, but I want to adapt Go Set a Watchman, which is uh, the sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, oh, interesting. That came out. It came out a few years ago. Uh, the The same author um, came out and, and did it. Harper Lee was the author. Um, mm-hmm. And this is been a fascinating i was reading about it and why it like hasn't been talked about being adapted um they were not like entertaining any offers at the moment because she wanted the it was a weird thing with the film rights um because universal pictures owns that version of to kill a mockingbird and holds the movie rights and oh weird and so and obviously the movie ghost out of watchman has all this several of the same characters so they kind of own the rights to it but harper mm-hmm. lee owns the rights to this new book so it's it's really weird um and strange but a lot of the concerns around it which i think is actually the most interesting to me and why i think it would make a fascinating movie at least in in current times is that in in the uh you seem to kill a mockingbird right how Atticus I Finch, haven't, but or, I, you've read but it. I know about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, like how Atticus Finch kind of, you know, takes the stand for this, for this wrongly convicted black man um, and kind of mm-hmm. stands up for him. And in this depiction in, in Ghost of the Watchmen, I haven't read this book, but it kind of uh, alludes to that um, Atticus Finch might, might slightly be a racist and mm-hmm. is kind of moral the moral reckonings of that and kind of disillusionment as, as like um, Atticus's daughter, um, like kind of realizes the extent of like the bigotry in her community when she thought it may mm-hmm. be, there was like a, a, a light in the dark. Um, so it kind of, the movie kind of tackles like racial tensions in the 1950s and the complex relationship between like father and daughter. Um, I think that would be really interesting to kind of, kind of take uh, a morally good, historically good person that we've all 
kind of agreed as a, as a good character and, and morally mm-hmm. just character for like 80 years and kind of give him a tinge of maybe not so maybe it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be really interesting in, in today's times, especially with all that's going on. Um, so I, and I only have one casting because obviously this person is kind of filling the shoes of Gregory Peck a little bit, kind of has mm-hmm. that giant looming shadow over him. Um, and I want our boy Colin Farrell to take up the reins, Jackson. Ooh, I like that a lot. And and play this and play this character who's maybe a little disillusioned. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is really really interesting. I am just curious, even in the real world, if this will ever happen, given the the film rights mm-hmm. complications and things like that. Um, so we'll see if it actually comes to be someday. But um, I think this is really fascinating and. I read To Kill a Mockingbird in like fifth grade or something. Maybe not that early. Jeez, but, uh, that's pretty early. Yeah, that's pretty early. Probably <laughs> middle school. Um, but yeah, and I haven't read Go Set a Watchman, but it sounds very, very interesting. So I'd like to very neat. to dive into that. So yeah, uh, Go Set a Watchman starring Colin Farrell. I don't have a director really. Um, maybe I'll just throw Steven Soderbergh out there. I like him. He's always doing fun stuff. And he's good at a nice legal drama. See Aaron Brockovich. Uh yeah, Aaron Brockovich. That's what I got for you. What do you got for in the realms of book adaptation? Do you want to mention the book you couldn't end up adapting? <laughs> yeah. Also, so when, whenever we created this idea, um, it was with the intention to for me to adapt the book I've talked about Agnosium on this show, uh, called Project Hail Mary, mm-hmm. um, which it, it but by the time we came up with the, this idea till now has been announced that it's being adapted into a movie, um. With Phil Lord and Chris Miller and Ryan Gosling attached, so I'm winning. Like this is yeah. inject great. that into your veins. Super exciting. Yeah, truly a better better combo than I could have pitched. Um, so I'm doing a different one. I, I went to my avid book reading girlfriend Abby, and I was like, "Hey, uh, what should I do?" She's like, "You should read this book called The Fireman." So I've been reading mm. this book, uh, and I'm about halfway through. Huh? Uh, it's so it's called the fireman it's written by joe hill who i learned is the son of stephen king oh Um, okay and he wrote the book that was adapted into a movie black phone which came out last Ah, year the scott derrickson ethan hawk yeah yeah Mm -hmm. got it so he wrote that and this is is very very different from that so i would pitch this as like an hbo series um, I would have uh, Patrick Somerville, who is the showrunner for Station Eleven, which I don't know if oh, you nice. saw, but it is like, and I'll explain why it's important later. It, it is basically, it's basically this story that's also an adapted uh, show um, from a book, but it's a, it's like kind of this like post apocalypse, but like, it's not really an apocalypse now. It's just like after the world ends like what does art mean to everybody and it kind of follows this traveling shakespeare group like uh-huh. after the world has ended through this like essentially covid but it was before covid was like a thing right um and like a ton of people die and like there's like this cult that follows um this graphic novel and like they think it's real and like it, it it's very interesting um but it's it's mostly about like the importance of art in all situations even one where like commodity and like like uh money isn't involved um, so so i think i would i would pick uh the showrunner to do this because it is similar in, in some ways um and i would have sarah goldberg stars the lead who is oh. uh sally and barry great i think she 
could be perfect for this. So basically the premise of this book um, is there is, and it's kind of funny since um, the last of us just like came out and like, we're all on like the, uh, the mycelium uh, zombie stuff. So this is like, um, there's this fungus that spreads to people and it's called dragon scale. And what this is, it's like this gold fungus like grows on, on everyone's bodies and they look like tattoos kind of. And basically what happens is once you get it, you will spontaneously combust and explode and like burn in like a terrible agonizing death. And it's really scary. And so this was written. Yeah. um, This was written before COVID too, which I think has like a kind of interesting connotation in this context. Cause like, in this, it's like uh, this very spectacular and awful way to die. But like people, people like are kind of afraid of them. But also like society hasn't exactly crumbled yet at this point. So like people are still kind of existing and like going to jobs every now and then. But like it is, it is very weird. And it, and as this book progresses, it follows um, Harper, this woman who I would have Sarah Goldberg play, mm-hmm. who is this nurse at this school. And who becomes like a nurse after like this event happens and like works at a hospital. And basically she gets, she finds out that she has gold scale and she's like, okay, great. And her husband leaves her. So she like, he can go quarantine away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finds out in the meantime, that like she's pregnant. And so she wants to continue to live. And then like the husband shows up and wants to kill her. Cause they had the suicide pact. Like if they ever got it, um that they were going to kill each other but she's like i have a kid now like i i i want to see this through and he becomes like this crazy person and tries to kill her basically um and it's like really scary scene and and what is essentially happening right now is she has run into the forest and was saved by the fireman who is a character (laughs) excuse me uh, a character that we see earlier in the book who needs help and she helped him at the hospital with the, this boy who who is sick and essentially uh he can control um the dragon scale and he can like light people on fire and he can like light parts of himself on fire without harming himself and mm-hmm. and and she, they uh because at this time too in the book um like the government has started to to kill people who have this because it's too dangerous to let spread so they have been like just hunting people down and killing them so then the fireman takes her back to this like woods, like this cult in the woods, basically where all of the people have dragon scale and have learned to like bond with it. And like they glow and they harmonize and like communicate like sort of through this like fungal, like bonding on their skin that allows to like burst into flames or like glow. And it's really interesting. But yeah, so I think the um like this would be like perfect for a series on H like again like on HBO most of my stuff is for HBO so you know prestige that's love yeah Hire me. come on now um but yeah I I think I think with like the station 11 background like this would like transfer over pretty well for Patrick Somerville and yeah I really think Sarah Goldberg she needs her next thing she's a hit she is truly she was in um she was in a scary movie that I watched I don't remember what it was but it was like a, two years ago so she's ready for more I'm ready um, yeah. and you don't know how the book ends, right? You're still still in it. I don't, but I'm I'm really liking it. Amazing. So. And and most people who adapt books don't even read them. Look at Carter. True, true. I just I just hear Gregory Peck, who isn't even you know that's just the actor. <laughs> I hear Atticus Finch, and I'm like, yep, sign me <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, 
maybe I'll adapt. I should have adapted like a Dr. Seuss book, but you know, that's been there, been there, done that. Uh, uh, the movie Cat in the Hat. Oh, remember Cat in the Hat? Anyway, that's why we can't yes. adapt those. Um, <laughs> all right, that's a great pitch. Um, I'm interested. You have to tell me how the book ends, or maybe don't if this, if you want to adapt this, and I'll be surprised. So, ooh. ooh. Um, wonderful. So now we're on to the wacky conclusion, which is pitching a reality TV show or competition. Um, so Mm -hmm. Jackson, I believe you get to kick us off, buddy, and tell us your wacky reality show idea idea. So this one is also uh, adapted for max. It would be not so much the HBO side. Um, however, I would really like Nathan Fielder to be the producer of this reality television show that I'm about to pitch. I'm already on board. Just because, like, if you've seen, yeah, Nathan for you and uh, the rehearsal, he is kind of the king of playing God with these people Um, (laughs) in, like, a really fucked up way. That's really fun. Um, So this show that I'm pitching is called Bootstraps. Okay, and if you're not familiar, the the phrase "pull yourself up by your fruit by your bootstraps" is uh, a common phrase that like people who are in like a good situation uh, will tell by your own means get out of your situation. Uh-huh. Uh Fun fact: the phrase was originally made ironically because it is literally impossible to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But the irony has been lost over the Boom. years and is now just means the opposite of what it used to mean. Um, So basically the premise of the show is Nathan Fielder would take three millionaires and they would have to give away, like not give away their wealth, but step away from their wealth. uh, Don a new disguise where they can't be mistaken as like a famous millionaire and live for an entire year. They would be given $500 in their bank accounts uh, a new disguise, like I said, and a bus pass. And they are uh, going to be challenged if they can financially pull themselves back into their. So I imagine the premise would, would be like the three of these uh, people. I I kind of imagine the sharks from Shark Tank for some reason, although it probably wouldn't be them. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Cuban would be but them like living <laughs> specifically Kevin O'Leary. I hate that guy. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. Um, uh. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful is maybe the worst one of them all. Uh, God, he's had some. He, I think he was like the one who created the like quiet quitting. Like, like he popularized that term recently. He, he sucks. I just don't like him. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, we'd make them work minimum wage jobs for months at a time. Uh, have them try to figure out how to make rent and how to afford a, a like a clunker car and like the like cuz it's very expensive to be poor and i don't think these rich people realize it anymore no. um and basically it would be like this like documentary style approach where they would be interviewed and stuff but like most of it would be hidden camera stuff also whenever they go out into the real world mm-hmm. and so yeah they would experience like having to ride the bus um having to work really shitty like fast food jobs and have to work like in areas that are very poverty stricken and there'd be like food deserts so like there wouldn't be access to like really good grocery stores and and they'd have to like basically only eat fast food for like months at a time and i don't know i think this would just be an interesting way to see that it's uh that the people who are on the top don't really know how bad it can be and can maybe uh even the quote-unquote self-made people so yeah they wouldn't be allowed to use their connections 
and they would just have to figure it out on their own to see if, uh, yeah, they can make it. Can we have like David Zasloff be one of them? <laughs> that would actually be, he would never agree to it, but that would be no, sick. He That's a great <laughs> idea. I love that. Um, so who would you, you said the shark tank people, but are there three people that you you'd like, like even in a, in a, in a perfect world where anyone would say yes to this, who would your three be? To, it would definitely be season? Kevin O'Leary. Cause I Love just it. hate him so much. I, I really don't like him. I feel like maybe you need a Mark Cuban guy. Like he's like, maybe he's always on, but maybe you could see him crack. Cause I feel like he is probably a shitty dude, like underneath, like all of his like funny like oh i'm from iu let's do bar stuff and like yeah, i don't know like, whenever he's in interviews he's always very fun but it's like i bet if quote, he was pissed off he would yeah whack, he would crack so hard a quote man and, of the uh, people but yeah yeah who's, who's to say let's throw yeah. barb barbara in there yeah barbara corcoran i love it that's fun uh i'm on board nathan fielder perfect for this this would be awesome i need to finish the run yeah and i feel like you could it. introduce like fun Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I feel like he would introduce like fun little roadblocks and obstacles <laughs> that like with actors and stuff to like really like put them on edge. And I don't know. It'd be kind of neat. And like they'd have the option to like to quit, but then we'd shame them for it. Of course, we'd shame them forever. It'd be amazing. Yeah. It's like undercover boss, but reverse. I love it. Yeah. And undercover, that show sucks too. There was one time on undercover boss where he witnessed his, like, <laughs> this is like the Hooters episode. He witnessed a manager make these women eat beans off of a plate with their arms tied behind their backs in order to see who would go home early. And then he didn't fire him. He was just like, you shouldn't do that. But then he fired somebody else for, like, some small thing that had nothing to do with anything nearly as horrible as that. Hilarious. <laughs> what a show. <laughs> TV's insane. <laughs> TV's crazy. And we're making some even better te- television. So I love it. Um, that is zany. I love it. Um, thank you. Mine is a little bit of a cheat Jackson. Um, Ooh, okay. But I know that you're going to be on board. Um, so my reality TV show competition is going to actually be of, uh, you know, how many people have, you know, they, they think that all reality TV show is actually scripted. Um, mm-hmm. and so this one will actually be scripted. Um, it's a fake reality TV show competition and I'm just doing an adaptation, Jackson, a live action adaptation of total drama Island. <laughs> I like it. Do they, do we know that it's total drama Island or is it like after um, a while we're like, wait a minute. Um, I actually, I don't know now that you mention it. Cause I think the name alone will get people in. Um, but but yeah, it's going to be totally scripted, much like Total Drama Island was, because obviously that was an animated show. But yeah. I just think it would be fun. People to ate have that a, up. Yeah, to have a fake animated, or not not fake, a fake reality television show that kind of plays on the idea that, yes, this is all scripted and, and we get it. And this could go forever. This could be like a White Lotus situation. New people every season. Mm-hmm. One... Uh, recurring host as always um i haven't decided who would play the host who would be a zany jeff probst sure jeff probst <laughs> just get the actual yeah. survivor host why not um so yeah i just think this would be super fun i, I think it would be zany i want this i actually do want chris miller and phil lord attached to this um because i think this I like would be that. zany and fun and just yeah to go through a season of you're rooting for like it could just be all big time you can either go big time celebrity names 
or you can get mm-hmm. relatively unknowns to kind of play into the fact that we don't know who these people are. But I think it would be fun mm-hmm. just like as the star power to see like what zany things people would get up to every week and how they would get eliminated. I think would be fun. Um, so yeah, I guess this would also be Max. Shout out Max. Shout out Zaslov. Shout out. Um, because I think is Total Drama Island on Max? Because it's a cart. It was a Cartoon Network. Thing, it's Cartoon Network, it? so probably yeah. Probably. So anyway, if you haven't watched Total Drama Island, go check it out. I ate that stuff up when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I did too. I was good. invested week by week. I was like, when one of the people went home, I was like, are you kidding me? But it was just great television, <laughs> man. So I'm looking to recreate that in a modern day setting. Um, yeah, that's my that's my little that's my little pitch, my little reality, fake reality pitch. So um, those are our pitches, huh, Jackson? I think they're pretty good. I'm on board. I think they're very creative. Um, uh, and they're not just sequels, blah, 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 things that we're getting nowadays. So some truly experimental stuff. I love it. No JK Rowling adaptations. I'm thrilled about that. And it's great. Look for our future projects in a theater or television screen near you. Uh, wonderful Jackson. Um, are we moving on? You want to move on? Let's move on. All right, Jackson, you feeling lucky? You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I'm feeling lucky. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, Who we got battling? Last week, we had Scarlett Johansson versus Natalie Portman, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, So this is the third round for her. Scar she jo. beat out Natalie Portman and and previously Steve Martin. So ScarJo could end up in our Hall of Fame. Oh, baby. Depending on this matchup. And we oh. have. Ooh, interesting. Uh, George Clooney. Oh, the Cloonster. Um, who is mentioned in the Fireman, by the way. They they right? talk about him on the Fireman, and they're like, yeah, he died on a plane. <laughs> he oh, exploded no. on a private plane. Oh, no, George. It's just like. All right, that's a fun little detail. Hilarious. Um, what are your what thoughts on George Clooney? What's your relationship to the Cloonster? Um, my first experience to him was probably in that Batman movie where he has the oh, credit yikes. card. The bat card, yeah. Um <laughs> But yes. I I don't I think he's a very charming, charming guy. I feel like he's kind of like the the hunk that like all of our moms talked about growing up. Oh yeah. And, oh uh, yeah. He's he's very hunky, um, but I think my favorite performance from him is probably in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Great movie, I love that yep. movie. Amazing, um, and one of the best like original songs for a movie turned. Um, yeah, like turned uh, like I don't know, like as far uh, as like original songs go, he's just really good on that track of being a man of constant sorrow. But what about oh, you? What do you yeah. think about George Clooney? I, I I'm really fond of George Clooney. Um, he started a, he kind of started late in life because he was a TV star for a long time. Um, on ER, as people it was may like know, an ER show or something, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, he was on TV for a long time until he made the jump over. Um. Really, kind of with Batman, which was you know unfortunate. Um, unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he's been a, in a, a lot of really great movies. Obviously, works with the Coen Brothers a lot. Um, mm-hmm. also fantastic, Mr. Fox. People forget, yeah. um, as Mr. Fox, obviously, 
Ocean's Eleven is great. Um, the President and Spy Kids, of course. People forget that. <laughs> that uh, is so funny. It takes like the black bar off of his eyes, like their <laughs> sunglasses. So cool. It's great. Um, I feel like he really had it going on for like 20 years. You don't and you don't really see him a lot nowadays because he really is just directing or producing, kind of settled down, had a kid, got married. He's like 60. Take it to paradise. Now. Ticket to Paradise, true. He kind of came back and proved that he can still kind of carry a rom-com, still got the juice. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Gravity, forgot about that. Gravity. Um, that's a good movie. He's very good in that. So yeah, obviously an Academy Award winner as well. Um, so yeah, I um I really don't know where to lean here. I think I think I'm still leaning Scar Joe, I think, Jackson. Um, yeah, I think so too. Even though you know Clooney's been around the block a long time, but um, I feel like he's more he likes to direct more nowadays. So I feel like that's kind of where he mm-hmm. where his allegiances lie. And some of the movies like Midnight Sky, which was one of the most recent ones, that one was you know kind of a kind of a miss. So I like ScarJo um, to move on here. I think. I think so. And that will be the fifth inductee to the RCR Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, baby. Joining the ranks of Harrison Ford, Jeff Goldblum, Robin Williams, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Now we have Scarlett Johansson. Congratulations. Wow. Congratulations. Our first female inductee. We've revolutionized. Well done. Scar Joe. Amazing. Um, An Asteroid City this week. True. Oh, true. People will think we planned that. We did not. Wonderful. Um, yeah, let's men. I guess let's mention um, coming up. Um, we're gonna do the Flash next week. We're gonna review the Flash, um, mm-hmm. which should be a, a quite a journey. I have pretty much avoided spoilers, which is exciting. So I'm kind of going in fresh. I haven't. <laughs> Twitter has been a hellscape for me this week. I keep seeing spoilers. Oh no! I'm gonna continue to stay off Twitter. Um, but yeah, we'll have um, that. Asteroid City Elemental comes out this weekend too. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll touch on those if we've seen them. But yeah, we're going to do a full breakdown of The Flash next week. Talk about Ezra Miller. I haven't talked about that that person in a while. So um, see what's going on with them. Um, you know, a lot of people haven't been to, like the whole like Warner Brothers hasn't really been talking about them for yeah. a bit for a <laughs> For whatever reason, I don't know why. Maybe they, they got said, into some trouble. They said, you show up to the premiere, they're going to take pictures, they're going to do limited interviews, that's it. <laughs> they're keeping them under wraps. Probably for They're the eventually going to have to like answer like to people being like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, maybe I, they're, yeah. they're keeping them as, as Barry. Maybe they recast. I feel like maybe they should recast going forward and just let it be. Let it be. Yeah, but but who knows? I don't know if that's gonna happen. We'll we'll see. Um, Mostly, I'm I'm nervous just because the Brave and the Bold director. Oh, Muschietti. Yeah, it's he's um. So yeah, yeah. We'll We'll see see how much he he clearly likes Batman a lot because this is maybe more of a Batman movie than anything else. So who knows? Better or worse, we'll see. What happens there? Um, amazing. I'll do a quick fantasy uh, movie update for everybody, and then uh, we'll get out of here. So, um, this week is week twenty-one. Um, as mentioned, we got a big weekend upcoming with uh, the Flash, Elemental, 
and Asteroid City. Jeff, uh, still in first place pretty solidly with 312 points. Uh, Little Mermaid keeps racking up some some box office numbers for him. Um, He actually doesn't have a movie coming out for five months, so maybe people can catch up now. Um, I hope so. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Second place is Cody with 260 points. Again, he's got Asteroid City and The Flash both coming out this weekend, so that'll help him build his second place lead. Maybe attempt to catch up to Jeff there. We'll, We'll see. I don't know. Um, third place, David, 250 points. He's got Elemental coming out this weekend. That should help him out. I am in fourth place with 249 points, just sneaking behind, hoping Transformers can do some some more numbers for me because it's being reviewed not great. Um, then it's Brian, still rocking with Spider-Verse with 123 points, uh, but not a lot of movies out right now. Spider-Verse and Creed 3 carrying him strong. Uh, and then Corbin, fifth, 110 points. No real change there. Jackson, uh, oh, seventh with 98 points. And Madden, eighth with 66 points. You're just waiting on some movies, buddy. They'll they'll come. They'll mm-hmm. be coming. So, so, yeah. And no new releases for us next weekend. So, it'll be pretty stagnant, I'm assuming. Um, and we'll see. Rider Strike uh, still going on. Some projects not announced yet. Maybe time to start worrying, especially if you have Legally Blonde 3. Um, get rid of that movie. <laughs> it's not coming out. Um, beautiful. Uh, Jackson, that's it. We did it. Uh, where can Woo-hoo. people follow us on Instagram, pal? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. Beautiful. Beautiful. Also, uh, check us out on Twitter at roughcut underscore co. Give us a follow, like us, retweet us, subscribe to us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But if you listen to Spotify, do it on there so you can feed our families. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week to talk all things The Flash. Woo! Bye. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.